Welcome to the Shores of Ignorance. Coming up is the second half of our 2020 conversation uh, that we started last week. Um, we started off reflecting on the last year and the last decade and looking forward um, to our some of our hopes and um, goals for the next year and decade. Um, update for those who listened to the first half. Apparently, Michael and Nelson have been making their bed for a week straight, so uh, interesting turn of events there. Um, we ended the last one somewhat abruptly on this quote, uh, and the edit felt a little unsatisfying, but I wanted to, I wanted the quote to, to be at the end uh, and then at the beginning of this next one, and it's from Jordan Peterson. It is, say what you mean so that you can figure out what you mean. Uh, so thoughts on that coming up in Shores of Ignorance, 2020, part two. It comes like a fleeting memory. Whatever you, Whatever you grab, grab just turns to dust. dust. Like eye contact with a stranger, stranger out of crowd. It's a dream that you can't keep real. Passing over the songs. The glimmer of the ship that you see. You saw it, saw it. gather my brain for a second <laughs> um what was the peterson quote we talked about earlier oh pick something that you would do that you could do mm. so that one has been sticking in my mind there's another one which is um say what you mean so that you can figure out what you mean oh well uh mm. which i think is also relating to this order and chaos idea it's like it's like you, you, you know what your thoughts are, or at least you think you do at some, mm -hmm. but then you go to try to articulate them and they come out and you're like, oh, that's what I think. Mm -hmm. You know, you have this self-awareness uh, or separation of self, this conscious consciousness that allows you to sort of sit at a perch and evaluate what it is that you said yeah. outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's like you have to, you can't just... You have to speak that order out of the chaos of of what's in your brain in order to know what's in your brain. Mm -hmm. Because you don't think um, in words. Mm -hmm. You do sometimes, but not yeah. all not only. Mm -hmm. um, and I think feeling is a form of thinking. Yeah. Um, expressing emotion is a form of thinking mm -hmm. that is different than the um language-based thinking. Mm -hmm. So this came up earlier in my day. I was thinking about that. Say what you mean so that you know what you mean. Um, I think there's also an element of uh, feel what you feel so that you know how you feel. Mm. Um, I think there's a mode. So we can't be completely... May, or maybe I don't think we should be completely under the control of our feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. um, however, we shouldn't own, control them all, totally either. Mm -hmm. So if you're completely under the control of your emotions... Um, it's like erratic and chaos. Yeah, and if yeah. Well, you, so you get angry and you let that anger control you... Um, Really bad things happen. Um, 
we'll leave that one there. But if you go the other way, um, <coughs> and you control your feelings completely, mm-hmm. um, then I think you end up with sort of some neuroses. Yeah. Um, so you have to find a way to balance. I, I think it's less about balance and more about relationship. You got to, you have to have a relationship with the things that you feel and the things that you, um, where was I going? Oh, so yeah, we can't let them control us. And, and so there are modes that we get into where we, we, we feel the way we feel and then say, wait, that wouldn't be acceptable. Hmm. I need to manipulate the way that I feel to an acceptable, to what might be acceptable. Mm -hmm. Um, So for instance, um, showing sadness, we use a a funeral, for example. Mm. Um, One might feel very stoic or numb Mm -hmm. And then think, I'm not crying or showing any amount of sadness, and I need to signal to everyone else here that I am, that I am affected by this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you might somehow manipulate the way that you feel or falsify the way that you feel yeah. in order to signal something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that there is, there are, is times... There are times when you need to simply feel what you feel so that you know what you feel. Mm-hmm. And then maybe a correction needs to take place. But if you hmm. if you do this falsification too early, mm-hmm. then you don't really know what you feel. And you slip toward the um, being completely in control, not knowing what your actual feelings are. Um, and I think that's a really dangerous place, just as dangerous as being sort of like totally. completely basist uh, on your emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just it, what goes through my head when you're talking about this is like tyranny and, uh, and chaos or anarchy. Yeah. You know, it's like, if you give yourself to your emotions, it's like, you can lead to this, like where there is no control and it's just, you're, you're overtaken by your emotions yeah. and however you feel at any time. But if you're so tight in control, um, you end up just killing everything until you, <laughs> you, right. you have nothing because you, you know, it's like in order to have a complete control over any society, yeah. it leads to tyranny and military and death mm. and the gulag, right. <laughs> you know? So uh, on that side, you can almost see that idea of, you know, trying to control everything, every mm. thought, every emotion, you know, I think that's why, you know, again, freedom of speech is such an important thing. It's like we need to be able to have hmm. space to express. Well, that's a great point. I mean, if you if you take the the idea that I must exercise I, I must speak in order to learn about what it is that I think, mm-hmm. that could be with the spoken word out loud or it could be writing through a journal. I, I don't know, but it's something about that the filtering process, creative process, really, and I say creative is not the right word, generative process Mm -hmm. of thought to the spoken word, internal to external, Mm -hmm. um, that allows me to understand what I think, Mm -hmm. then if I don't have freedom of speech, then I can't understand what I think. Yeah. If I can't talk about it, then I can't understand what I think about it or how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. And it's why maybe I, I, I feel really 
saddened at any time a word is sort of retired as hmm. we can't use that anymore. Hmm. Um, because it's like, well, if I can't use it, then I can't talk. I can't even to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Then I can't really know what I think about it. And I just mm-hmm. have to think what we've all agreed to think about it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too. I don't know if it has the same Voldemort effect, you know, you start, you know, well, that might be a different, that might be a different part. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can't say his name. Right. And, but by not saying his name, you actually give it more power, more mm-hmm. authority. Yeah. Um, by making something taboo, right? It actually has more, more power. Um, and usually, it's more negative power, right? When it's something that is forbidden, definitely. Um, you know, again, it's. it's I think of even raising children is that when they're real little, their things are just forbidden. You know, two year olds cannot play with kitchen knives, right? <laughs> Well, maybe one year olds, two year olds, definitely one of those, definitely two year olds, <laughs> well, you know, with parent supervision. You know? <laughs> Anyways, but there's a certain amount, but yeah. at some point it's like, it's not, the knife should not never be, you know, no one should never not use knives because right. they cut people or mm-hmm. something like that. I think this analogy is breaking down, but, um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to Well, go with the words the thing, I mean, I, I feel like. We were taught, and I won't really attribute this to my parents as much as just culture, that like when I was growing up, there were bad words. Yeah. And it occurred to me as I was, when my kids were younger, I was like, well, there aren't bad words. There's just words. Mm-hmm. But words are also really powerful mm-hmm. um, and can be used to do great harm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you need to understand the power of that mm-hmm. in order to have wisdom in it. Yeah. If you don't understand the power of it, then you won't have wisdom in it. Just like if you don't learn to use a knife, mm-hmm. then you're going to cut yourself with one once you finally do encounter it. Yeah. Yeah. I always wonder, if the, like, just, you know, cuss words in general. It's like, you know, I think that's something when I tell my kids, it's like, oh, they're not bad. It's just that they're not, there's very few important times that you want to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's like there's part, there are times to drop the F bomb or, yeah. you know, say shit or something like that. But yeah. if that's a part of your regular vocabulary. It, it just more says something about you mm-hmm. and, and you're going to communicate that to somebody else. Yeah. You and should know the, what you're communicating about mm-hmm. yourself. Exactly. Um, and are you just using a lot of shortcuts for, <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, I like cussing. Allison loves cussing. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did we, um, oh, what was that? <laughs> cussing activates a, a certain part of your brain. Oh, I forgot what that was. It was so good. Mm-hmm. That tidbit. Oh, oh, well. Yeah. I don't know if I got it from... McGill Christ or Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think there's just, I think we just need to be really careful. I think yeah. that's the part. And then once we say like, you cannot say this word, you know, um, and then there's a dire consequences. I think in our, uh, our school of kids go to, they, they're kind of a little bit too strict. Yeah. I understand their intentions, but in some areas in, 
they need to have a little bit more understanding of context mm-hmm. and, and talk about context more. Um, so I think that's an important thing. So sometimes we can get so, uh, so focused on the act itself and not the context of which the act took place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, the whole adage like, Oh, kids will be kids. Well, there is an a- aspect to that, you know, but right. at the same time, we also are socializing, you know, kids to, kind of fit into a society where they could interact with lots of different types of people. And if you don't socialize them in a way that is healthy and good, then right. you're going to limit their interactions hmm. and that sucks. And we don't want that. Uh, you know, you, or I, I don't want that for my kids. I want my kids to be able to interact with a broad variety of people mm-hmm. and to understand in this context I act this way in this context with my friends. Yeah. We'll say some these words and maybe be a little more crass or something mm-hmm. like that. But, but I'm not like that in all my relationships. I know the proper places right. for that. So, yeah. Oh, I'm kind of, I, I'm kind of not sure if we need to get into the, uh, the Brett and the Sam stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in that, but I'm not, Maybe we could save that for another episode. I, I think there's a lot to talk about there, but mm-hmm. that's a big one. Yeah. I expect. Mm-hmm. It uh, might be. I don't know. Yeah. It really was so simple, though. Once, once it started getting unpacked, um, yeah, let's, let's, let's think about that. Do you have a do you have a, a preference on jumping into that? Or? I think we should wait. Okay. Because um, I actually think that I would like to prepare for that conversation. Okay, I've got two more things I want to look into. Also, uh-huh. probably like after that, will be like four more things. Okay, <laughs> then ten more things. <laughs> um, so, oh, uh, also for you guys listening, we're going to keep going. We've got some more stuff to to get into. But uh, Matt and I are reading Brothers Karamazov. Yeah, and so. Uh, Shores of Ignorance Book Club. Yeah, so if if you guys are wanting to read that too, we'll probably in two podcasts from now, probably next one we'll do the Sam and Brett uh, 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 episode on that. So mm-hmm. if y'all want to watch that, it's uh, Brett Weinstein's Dark Horse podcast uh, episode. Oh shoot, oh, I have it on my phone. Sam Harris. With Sam Harris. Yeah. yeah, it's really fantastic. They get into free will and determinism. Um, they really push the limits on this conversation. So I would recommend that and we'll, we'll talk about that next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just to get some context, it's a four hour conversation. They, they tackle religion also, which is fascinating. Um, you know, Brett and, uh, Sam differ, but they also agree on many things. Uh, Brett did a great job of continually opening the conversation up, uh, and, some things to focus on are how they use the words, how they feel and the deterministic part. And Brett does a good job of really showing that determinism has some, uh, some things, some problems to overcome. If, <laughs> if that's the real, yeah. anyways, I just kind of want to outline that. And then Paul Vanderclay does a good, uh, follow up on that. That's also good. Uh, so anyways, Oh, cool. I'll check that one out before our next conversation. So, yeah. So there's just some background that we'll, we'll kind of get into that too. Yeah. Um, 
So you back back to you said at the beginning, maybe off air, that you had a surprise question. Oh yeah, that was what was that? That, that was, was that the, the question. Do we disagree? Do we disagree on anything? Mm-hmm. Could you think of anything? No, except for I mean, surely the we do. Bed thing. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, sure. there it is. Done. <laughs> we disagree. <laughs> I think we have disagreed, but generally respect each other enough to come to some come turn disagreements into agreements and none of us are really holding fast on anything mm-hmm. well that was the only thing i could come to too is is i feel like we probably disagree on things but we hold hold them very lightly and so like i respect your input and so i'm going to um to take that into consideration and that, that we're, we're, we're more, more processing than, than disagreeing. It's like whenever, whenever people put those things up, like Matt versus Michael, you know, it's like, <laughs> uh, I just hate those conversations yeah. because it's a versus and it always ends up being contentious because now you're using strategies to convince and to prove. Yeah. And I don't feel that you and I never enter into those conversations. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We more we more present things. Oh well, have you thought about this? Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. I, I kind of see it more like this, and so we're more presenting ideas and thoughts to each other. Right. And it's and it's we don't. I don't feel. I don't feel like I ever have to agree with you or disagree with you. So maybe that's the. I don't feel any pressure to agree with you or disagree with you. Yeah. Like right now, if you told well, me we're an elephant, an interesting, I'd be like, uh, oh, man, you're an elephant. <laughs> what could, makes you feel that way? Well, it could be, <laughs> so I feel like maybe part of the reason it's not easy to identify something we disagree on is because my, my, I feel like my primary mode of being in our conversations is a mode of learning. Mm, true. So I don't necessarily take a strong stand on much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we also generally tend to agree on a lot, but maybe an interesting experiment for us would be to try to find something that Mm. we have differing views on. That's so weird. And Uh then do a, (laughs) do a a versus, do a Mike versus Matt. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm going to think about that because that actually, um, ties into one of my other hopes. I'll, I'll maybe put this one at the decade level. Hmm. Um, but it's, it, it is to find something to say. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and that's a real broad one, but I, I think I've been thinking a lot about that. I, I think I have a lot to say. Um, but it's like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I have something to say that I haven't found hmm. that is a little bit more mine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. Well, and it's like, well, so you think about some, some uh, of the sort of like public intellectuals that we've been listening to. And so they've all kind of got their thing. Like, Sam Harris has his position on free will and his mm-hmm. position on atheism. And he has mm-hmm. something to say about that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Eric Weinstein, Weinstein, um, is a mathematician and has a, something to say about that. 
And I think most of the things that I have to say, I'll use the word derivative, are derivative. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm interested in finding... I don't know, finding something of my own. Um, not sure I can bring any more clarity to that, to that thought. Than, well, do you than feel that. like you do that musically already? Because you have a very yeah. unique voice. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, you do... Right. And, that and that's, well, that's where my analogy falls apart. Because it's not like I'm looking for some subject matter to be an expert on. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm getting at. I think it's just that I sense that in the next decade or so, yeah, I don't know if I can bring any more clarity to that one. Well, I, I do, I do get it. I mean, I feel the same way in a lot of areas that I think you and I both feel very young and yet yeah. we're not young. Mm-hmm. And and we do know that we have a lot to say, but I think I don't want to put words in your mouth. Well, I'll just say, I'll just speak for myself. Uh, I feel like right now there's a deeper wisdom that comes with age. And as we start transitioning into that, we're no longer, we're kind of heading into our second half of life. Yeah. You know, where, you know, again, it, these are all, these are arbitrary numbers, but at, you know, as you start to reach 40, you know, you start, it's easier to see at 80, you have maybe 20 years left to live. Mm-hmm. And there's an experience that we, we get through time and experience. Um, and there's people that are very young that have, you know, but it also comes through suffering and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think there's, I think there's that part of sensing that, that older wisdom, mm-hmm. Um, that we, I think we, we are, we are hearing some voices in that area. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, you need the youthfulness and the excitement and it's really healthy. Uh, and I think we have a lot of that right now in the world. Uh, but we need some of that more aged wisdom that's tempered, but doesn't, but doesn't downplay the youthful. And I yeah. think that's, that really embraces the youth as well as um, that older and more ancient elder wisdom, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, like sometimes the older older people will get so negative towards the youthful energy, and that's not. I don't feel like that's a true example of an elder or of someone who is mature in you know in their years or something like that. Yeah, there's some. There's an embracing of the youth as well as the old in. Um, it's a dualistic kind of thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Where like in your younger years, it's, you kind of are more monistic. It's more what you are and what you are not. And it's, it's, hmm. you're defining yeah. yourself and you're I, defining the world around you. I feel like, uh, um, Dumbledore is a great example of that. Like mm-hmm. respecting the playfulness of youth and mm-hmm. engaging in that while also being able to be, the disciplinarian when needed. Mm. Can we talk about Dumbledore anymore? Or is JK Rowling's? Oh yeah. <laughs> Everything canceled. You now. can't talk about anything anymore. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's really unfortunate. I don't think, I mean, that's, I think again, the news cycles right now are just so fast and furious and yeah. everyone's angry about something all the time. So I don't really, 
I, I was thinking about getting spending more time on Twitter, and then I tried it, and I was like, I feel like it was poisoning my soul. <laughs> I just reading, uh-huh, like, totally, yeah. yeah, just reading the things people are saying. It's out of control. It's a different mindset. I, I've I've tried over the years back and back and forth trying to mm-hmm. kind of engage on that. Uh, I've been told it's just not my format. Yeah, and so I, I can understand that interpretation. Yeah, but then I'm like, like who's doing it well? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I go and read, um, and still has a healthy. <laughs> I spend a lot more time on Instagram, and I feel like Instagram is a lot less poisonous, mm-hmm. just in terms of like what side of themselves people show. Yeah, like you don't. I don't see the vitriol in the comments section of Instagram mm-hmm. like I do on Twitter. I don't know why that that is yeah. different, but yeah, I think probably the argument some people would make towards like Instagram is everyone's showing their best self. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I can, I can, I can, I can get behind that argument and that's fine. But also just get, I think it's just nice to see happy moments, mm-hmm. you know, people's happy moments. Cause we just are just so inundated with all the negative and how things are coming apart at the seams and the world's going to end tomorrow or, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, right. it's like you kind of, so I've, I've kind of enjoy Instagram for that. Very, mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, this is a happy moment for this person, right. you know, or this is a sad moment for this person, but it's all done yeah. in a, if I feel so much more in a, um, I mean, there are some people that, that use it in a way that's really kind of gross. And I'm like, oh, oh definitely stop following them. Cause I'm just like, goodness gracious, get yeah. over yourself. You know, right, right, right. <laughs> you know? Uh, a little bit mean, but <laughs> so, it's true though. It's true. Though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing with Facebook. That's why I don't do the Facebook is it's just so much chaos. Yeah. It's chaos. I don't even get it. Anymore. I don't even know where to look anymore. Uh-uh. I just don't, I haven't been on in so long when I, pull it up i don't even know what i'm looking at oh yeah but <laughs> now, now i feel like a boring old guy yeah. like, yes what's that facebook yeah i just don't see any faces on here but. yeah so i don't think i'm gonna do twitter yeah i mean i'm st- i'm gonna keep my account but yeah um yeah, I'll go and check on certain people like, and they're, t- you know, sometimes there's, there's some good conversations in some places, yeah. but they're just so far and few in between that, mm-hmm. uh, unless someone notifies me or I go check the certain people that I'm interested in yeah. what they're kind of talking about. Yeah. They do a good job of it, but I don't know. Or when Donald Trump's posting uh, pictures of himself as a muscle man or Rocky Balboa. That was wild. <laughs> that was so wild. Do you think that was his idea? He's like, I need, <coughs> find me somebody who can Photoshop this. Someone had to do that. It was just, I mean, and then this, the, everyone just got up and arm. That's not a real photo. <laughs> I think there was like, I think it was an actual article. I, I don't want to like miss, you know, that just calling him out that that was not his actual body. Like it's even, yeah. Like that's even a question. I don't know. That's funny. It was really funny. Um, yeah, they didn't, they missed the joke. They Jokes on them the at that joke. point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to me if, that, if there's a person that's actually running that for him, which it would seem like they'd have to, but who knows? Yeah. Oh, I did want to say that, um, you know, all this talk about new year, new decade, um, reflecting, looking forward, we did decide, um, that, we are going to start running this podcast on a schedule, mm. which 
I'm very excited about because I think it's similar to what you're doing with time boxing your day mm. and basically saying like, what happens if I define what I'm going to do and then do it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's like a real, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about goals around new years, but um, there's something really magical about defining what you're going to do and then mm-hmm. trying to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it, uh, I think what's most shocking about it is that most often it, it works. Yeah. <laughs> if you say I'm going to do something and then you, it's most likely that you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's probably whole 30, which <laughs> I'll never say I'm going to do again. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, so we're going to run this on a schedule because I think we're both interested in seeing what, what's coming out of what will come out of this podcast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the hard thing for us over the last couple of years, um, we're both, we, we both have pretty hectic schedules. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it became difficult to add Hawk, just be like, should we podcast? Let's try. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, so we are like making us a priority and saying that we're going to be releasing an episode every Monday. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That exactly. sounds scary. So we'll, 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 we're going to do one podcast and then we're going to break, uh, break it up into two, uh, two episodes. So most likely, most likely. Yeah. I was thinking it'd be fun to, 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 um, I mean, you know, whenever you set a goal for yourself, you got to be realistic about what the rules on the goal are. Mm-hmm. So it's not <laughs> an episode every Monday. Well, what's an episode? Is it, an hour? Is it two hours? Is it five minutes? I don't know. That's true. Yeah. Um, I think it could be interesting to play with some other formats. Like there could be, if, you know, if that becomes too difficult to keep up, um, like I want to meet that goal, mm-hmm. but we can, we can figure out what works with us for us by manipulating the rules within that okay, goal, I like that, which yeah. I think is actually why you end up feeling like you have a lot of freedom because mm-hmm. setting a goal and limiting yourself gives you enough definition to uh, of something of the scope of something to start actually toying with it mm-hmm. whereas when there's no definition the re- the resolution is um so far out yeah it's like it's hard to know what to actually start playing with mm-hmm. to get to know it so um yeah so monday so we're going to release uh, episodes. I like that. We'll just say on Mondays, we're going to release episodes. episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, no, it's, it's funny. I, you know, this is, this is a huge element and we talked about this last week and I think probably our conversation before kind of got me into this block schedule thing. And mm-hmm. then I read that CEO article Yeah, and then it was just like, everything was going ding, 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 right. ding. Um, but like whenever you have limitations, it actually helps you be more creative, which mm-hmm. is, which is crazy. Like I think when I do coffee shops, and you start building a space yeah. and you start defining the space and putting things in that space, you start to restrict what is what you can actually do. Yeah. And the more restrictions, because obviously it's like once you get the zero, rest- uh, like a hundred percent restriction, you're done with the project because <laughs> everything mm. is full. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, That's a good it, point. It is as it is. So, um, but I find with each restriction, it, it causes me to be more creative with how I solve the problem, giving the circumstances. Definitely. And so when you were saying that we're going to release an episode and there might, we might do some different things within that. All of a sudden all these ideas start going, it's like, Oh, we could, we could like Vox things to each other and then we can combine it into like an episode. <laughs> Edit it together into an episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or there might be some fun things too. Like 
That's actually that's a funny and great idea. There's a, a band um, called the Penny and Sparrow that I follow on Instagram, and it's two guys. Um, and whenever they're not with each other, because mm-hmm. they have one Instagram account for their band, whenever they're not with each other, they will have conversations with each other via Instagram stories. Oh, that's awesome! Like so, that. like, one will make a story and like say, "Hey, Andy, I was just thinking about this," and then the other one will like do the next one and respond. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's this really. Honestly, just very cute little back and forth. <laughs> but it's just a great way to, you know, when you're when when you're a band, you're you're trying to promote yourself because your livelihood depends on it. Um, and when you're a band, it's also difficult, especially as you get older and you have families and kids, mm. to find ways to do that. And that was just a, I thought, a really creative way to sort of keep them interesting and Mm -hmm. real in the minds of their fans while they're not able to be together to play a show. Right. Or, Oh my gosh, man. I think I hate to to take their idea from them. So uh, I want to apologize. I apologize to you guys already. That (laughs) one. Uh, I was just thinking, it's like, there's all these times where like I I come across something. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got to remember to tell Matt about this next time we sit down. So now I can just like pick up an Instagram story. You can do it on Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) So follow us on Instagram. There might be some, there might be some kind of fun things. Try it. See if you like it. Um, yeah. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. I'm excited about this. And we're, we're going to also transition from doing less interview style and more, um, more conversation and drawing, moving into, um, moving into the, sh- the kind of going to the shores a little bit quicker yeah. or trying to reach the shores a little bit quicker, uh, with whoever we, we have on as a guest and them adding to the conversation of, of what we've kind of, and, and mm. that's something else too. I really want to, and Matt and I, are, I think we've kind of talked about this is to also reflect on some of the themes that we've been uh, talking about and seeing what kind of threads are running through all these different conversations. I think that's really important mm-hmm. um, for us yeah. to see if there's some things that we need to talk about because it's a thread that's been, keeps coming keeps up. Keeps coming up. Cause that does seem to happen. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, to clarify what you were saying, just actually for myself, was that not that we're not going to be bringing other people on the podcast, but mm-hmm. it's going to be less about interviewing them for their sake mm-hmm. or, or for the sake of knowing them, mm-hmm. what they do, um, but more having guests on because of what they can contribute mm-hmm. to and how they contribute to the conversation of the, the threads that have been running through these conversations yeah. and the topics that we want to discuss. Yeah. No, I like so. that. So 2020, what's your, what's your, uh, what, what's some personal things for you? Um, or did we want to jump all the way? I just jumped this really quickly. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and fried chicken. <laughs> Five thoughts now. Fried chicken. What is that? That's <laughs> the most random thing I could think oh. of to ask you. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I want to go to personal goals. Okay. Do you still want to do reflections? Yeah. Anything that you... Oh, Cimarron. Do you want to talk about that? Well, actually, I was going to say, as I, I think a 10-year reflection for me is a little too big. Okay. And too many things have happened. There's mm-hmm. been too many... Yeah, you've had a big... Sagas. Um, but also, I'll do year. Okay. A big reflection for me last year was that I 
uh, at the beginning of the year, released three singles, and then mid-year released this song. Uh, I, I, has, I pause on that word because it's not, it's a long song and I broke it up into three pieces. Um, so it's more like an EP, but it is one song. You should listen to the whole thing all at once. I'm calling it a, what did I call it? An Americana suite mm-hmm. um, called Cimarron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I just feel really, uh, I think I'll just say proud. I feel proud of myself mm-hmm. for releasing those, that music. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like, uh, this is, uh, are you turning a new leaf in your music with this Cimarron? Or is this, is this something, is this, is, was it a defining, not a defining moment, but something that awakened you to a different voice? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I feel like there are, there are songs that you write and there are songs that kind of write you. Like, well, this we can get in. We could get deep into the the weeds of of the creative process and um, talk about that. I'll try not to. So there are you can create something out of an act of will, which I mean, like will something into existence that wasn't exactly there before. Mm-hmm. But there's also a relationship with the creative process in which things seem to sort of just arrive out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't sit down and say, I'm going to write a song today. And then, you know, sometimes I do that. Um, there was like a will or an intent to create something. Cimarron just sort of happened. I was playing my guitar one day, um, not really trying to generate anything. Mm-hmm. And that song just sort of came out almost fully formed. Hmm. Um, it, it was not an act of conscious creation. It was an act of almost like it's a it feels like res, an act of receiving mm-hmm. rather than creating. Mm-hmm. So I received that song mm-hmm. and it seems to have a lot of power in it. And I don't fully understand that. And so I don't know that I could say it's a new leaf um, for me because I'm not sure I could duplicate it, mm-hmm. but I definitely am learning some things from it. And I think I think I can say that sonically, and I've had a lot of people tell me that my voice sounds somehow different, Mm -hmm. somehow more powerful, more emotive, more, some people have said that, you know, it's like, it must be because of the things you've gone through in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, which doesn't exactly make sense because I've recorded other stuff and like didn't get that. So there's something about that song. Maybe uh, something settling. Settling. Yeah. So it's like you, 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 it's like, it's like there's things that you deal with at different times. If we, I think we talked about this last time or when we were having beers last was, you know, there's certain things that you are working through, but you're not ready for other things and you have to, once you've once once a certain a certain part of something you've been working through settles, you know, there's there's a sort of like a wisdom that kind of comes with that. I feel like there's a sort of settle a, a um, <coughs> um it was almost, uh, I don't even know how to say it now. 
Okay. Well, well, not, I don't know if I really want to phrase it this way, but I want to say it this way. Maybe we can kind of work around, but like it wasn't so emotionally driven, but it, 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 it I felt like it kind of carried both things. Hmm. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Both things really well in, in sort of like yin yang kind of, uh, a kind of way. Cause again, I mean, I've told you this many times, like after I've, after I finished listening to that whole nine minutes, mm-hmm. right? Nine minutes. Yeah. I'm almost ready now to listen to it. So I have to go back and <laughs> I have to go back and listen to it. Like because, when it's over, you're like, Oh, okay, now I'm ready to listen to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this, it's, it, it really has that effect. And I've told you this a million times, but, uh, I've also like, I want more. So mm-hmm. at the end I'm like, and yeah, yeah, it does. It does feel like a bit of a tease. Like it is mm-hmm. setting something up and then you're, you're ready for it, what it's set up and it's just not there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? uh-huh. um, but it doesn't leave you. It it's just like, I'm drop okay you off with a that. Cliff, though. No, it doesn't. It, it, it's more of like, it's like you, you yeah. have a, you take that breath, you mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah. I feel like the song itself kind of creates something when mm-hmm. you listen to it, it creates for space for lack of a better word. Mm. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. It does feel like there is something to come from that song. So yeah. maybe, maybe I'll write something new. Maybe I've already written something new that will follow on. It definitely feels like it deserves a sequel or something. Mm-hmm. Um, or like a, an, another installment. Mm. I thought it was interesting. Uh, I think books, as well as reading in the Brothers Karamazov, that he originally published it as a, like a... Yes. Um, Serial or something yeah. like that. Something so I don't know how much it was at a time, if it was one book, because there's like four books within mm-hmm. the book. Yeah. I don't know if it was one book at a time or chapters at a time or what it was, but mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe there will be another installment of the story that is Cimarron. Yeah. I don't know. I'm curious to see what what goes on uh, in my life musically in the next couple of years. I'm also curious this, what happens with our conversation that we had last week uh, over beers. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think you're probably as motivated as I was after our conversation. Uh, when we were talking about Pablo Picasso, mm. he made 65,000 paintings in his oh, lifetime yeah. and the amount of music that Bach wrote and then as many as that we appreciate or see today, mm-hmm. you know, from both of those artists, yeah. uh, it made me want to just create content. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've made a window every day for 15 minutes to write. Hmm. And I tried it the last few days. I didn't do it today, but last few days. And it was a struggle because it's just 15 minutes. And so I was able to just get some dialogue out yeah. or I started describing something. Yeah. But then it started to make sense to me. I was like, oh, wow, you do this, you know, for a week, for a month, uh-huh. for three months, six months. And I just saw that. And you can enter in, like, you know, once you start practicing something, nothing, you enter into it faster. Yeah, um, for sure. Well, and this, that exercise is so great. And, and this whole idea of sort of willfully generating a cre- something creative, a creative product, mm-hmm. and somehow just receiving the product itself. Um, the more you do that, the more you sit down and make your 15 minutes to write, mm-hmm. the more likely it will be start to become that all of a sudden something that you really love just seems to fall into your lap without trying, mm-hmm. you know, you create that space for it. Yeah. 
for that to happen. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty simple concept, right? It's like, you're, you're never going to write a song if you don't write a song. pick up a guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, so the more time you spend with a guitar in your hands, the more likely it is that you write a song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I used to say, if, see if this makes sense. I, people, if anybody ever asked me like, you know, um, like what's your songwriting process? How do you write a song? People, it's like, like a common question. Mm-hmm. Um, you write the lyrics first, or the music first. And mm-hmm. I don't really know the answer to that question. I just, mm-hmm. I know how to not write a song. Yeah. Like don't ever pick up the guitar. Yeah. That's how to not write a song, mm-hmm. how to write a song. Well, just make yourself available essentially. And then, you know, doing the exercise of just creating a lot of content is like mm-hmm. the next step towards generating something. Mm. Yeah. I like that. I'm, I'm, that's, I'm, that's something I'm really motivated to do is I want to, I want to create do a it. lot of content. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I have, I have sort of a similar goal mm-hmm. with, with music. Um, and it's kind of twofold. One is it, it, it's sort of actually like, pulling some of the content that I've already got some songs that are like half done and Mm -hmm. not complete enough to like spend money to take into a studio, like that are just live only I've ever heard them. They're just living on the voice memos app in my phone, like Mm -hmm. to actually start sharing some of that stuff out. Like it's like, see what lives, Mm -hmm. see what matters. See if anything resonates with people, see if it resonates with me because especially sharing something that you've created, Mm -hmm helps you understand whether or not it's good. Yeah. Because w- once you share it, then your relationship with it changes. Mm. That's cool. I was, I was just thinking about some things that we could do with our stories is, mm. is sharing some of the things that we're working on, like the really bit, bit parts of mm-hmm. it and just throwing it out there for, we can comment on each, on each other's stuff. That could be fun. <laughs> you can count on a comment from me. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I've, I've already got like some things. That was, uh, one of the dialogues I wrote was uh, Sam Harris talking to his wife. Interesting. Yeah. I would love to read that. I don't even know his wife at all. So no. So sorry. If, if that's, you know, that's such a good exercise though. I just, cause I, you know, I, again, I think of whenever, uh, Alice and I go out and I go off on one of my diatribes about some yeah. topic, you know, uh-huh. and, and then, then we'll come home and she'll talk about it or like, uh, she'll be like, well, you kind of went a little bit too far. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's made me yeah. like more aware of how, whenever I get off on something, I need to like, you know, there's a, there's a time and place for certain things. And sometimes yeah. I censor myself too much, which I need to like definitely be, uh, careful to not be uh, super con uh, overly conscious of that, you know, but, um, but I definitely want to, I, I, so cause I want to, I want to learn too, as far as how to deliver information in a way that is helpful mm-hmm. and context specific. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel like, I don't like, I don't like it when people have their shtick, you know? Yeah. Um, but there are some times when you, you deliver a shtick, you know, and I, and again, I, that's just me saying that way. just really, I don't like that, but, um, but there are, th- I think there's some things that, you know, like that T.S. Eliot quote, and, uh, I think it's East Cocker where he talks about, um, that we find the words that we're already, that we already, um, find the words, the thing to the things that we're no longer prone to say, 
Uh, and he says it a lot better than that. But just the idea of by the time we come up with a, to, to communicate these thoughts and ideas, we're already on to something else, yeah. you know? Um, but the thing is a lot of times those, those things need to be said and need to be put out there. Yeah. Um, because it, it's, it's also helps you to get into the next also. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested in seeing how different formats to do that. Like this is a great format. And I think you and I both learned so much doing it, doing it this way rather than just over beers too, yeah, you know, right. <laughs> which we do this all the time anyways. Well, yeah, it kind of puts some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've, I've loved, I've loved it. And also just, it's, thank you guys for listening. I was just, yeah. I was going through our listens this last year and, you know, each episode has a couple hundred views and it's pretty awesome. It's really fun. Yeah. Pretty unexpected. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, hopefully we can keep, uh, keep your interest and, and also you guys are, uh, uh, want to explore with us also in this and maybe in the future have some ways that we can interact with you also. Yeah. Uh, we, I would love that. And we also think maybe we're doing some, should we talk about live events or <laughs> we'll keep that one to the, I, yeah, I think that yeah. could use some more formulation. Yeah. I don't know. I think, but it is something we want to do. So we rented a hall. It holds 10,000 people. Oh, wow. Yeah, we did. We did. Damn. Yeah. So next, no, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds scary. It does sound scary. Um, now we we're, we're really interested in the conversation and we want to keep, getting into it and bringing people on that are interested in yeah. furthering that conversation and Rinch. growing and deeper. Yeah. I'm interested to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything that we need to, uh, I think that might be a great place to leave off for today. Yeah. So I think next time let's, let's do the Sam and Brett conversation. Okay. Um, free will and determinism, um, maybe in some other aspects of, of religion and evolution, there might be some, interesting stuff with that too. Um, yeah, guys, we're, we're excited about 2020 and, and beyond and beyond <laughs> and beyond. Let's yeah. get that decade view y'all. Exactly. I think so. That'd be fun. Let's, let's keep, keep diving into what does this decade mean? What do you want to see happen? Where do you want to be? What picture do you see or you see yourself in, in 10 years from now? And, <clears throat> I think it's such a helpful, helpful thing to yeah. see because I, th- I mean, ten years. You, there's there's all these little things that we can do now. For mm-hmm. you could learn a new language. You could mm. um, guitar. Math is one I wanted. To, I've always wanted to spend ten years on math. Hmm. I don't know if that's really in my cards though, but maybe I would that ten years on math. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like I mean, not like every day, but I mean, it's like you know, yeah. 20, 30 minutes. What here. could you understand? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, that is interesting to me when I hear people like Eric Weinstein talk, like he, he has, I feel like 70% of the things that come out of his mouth about math, mm-hmm. I have no definition for. Yes. And I'm just like, I took a lot of math, but uh-huh. he's not talking about trigonometry or calculus. <laughs> he's talking about <laughs> concepts that I can't even, I don't even know. Uh huh. As a concept, not much mm-hmm. less like I don't remember how to do calculus really. Totally. But I know what it is. Oh, dude, I think I told you this, but Elliot, I'm so frustrated because Elliot did this presentation last week 
in her class talking about language as a tool hmm. between the natural and the spiritual. And it was kind of some Thoreau sort of transcendental kind of stuff, uh, which was, but it was just, I didn't learn about language being a tool until my junior year in college. It's amazing. I mean, the things that they're learning at this school that they're at, I mean, just they're learning about Plato and Aristotle and, you know, these things that, it wasn't even until college that I right, even you were exposed grasped to the, That's awesome. these ideas. And so I'm just really, I don't know. I don't want to brought that up. That's going to serve them well mm-hmm. as they get older. Yeah. Yeah. I was just so enthralled with her, uh, enthralled. That's the right word. Mm-hmm. Uh, with her, with her speech, like I was helping her yeah. through it and she was reading it to me and I'm just like, Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Well, all right. Let's wrap it. Let's wrap it. Yeah. Instagram got some stuff there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we're excited to be back and kind of committed to, we are committed to doing some episodes and every Monday and we're hopefully you'll come along with the journey and yeah. come out to the shores of ignorance with us. And Absolutely. That was well said. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you work that in. <laughs> we really want to. Well, I, I want us, Matt and I, and also all of you listening to really find comfort and and excitement about going out to that space that shores of ignorance you know that's and there's a there's a place and a time to and and we spend a lot of time in the knowledge area and that's great and we learn and and bring in resources and compile stuff and it's really helpful or like kind of like you know picking up your guitar those are all not those are all island things Mm -hmm. but if you don't do your island stuff then you will never make it out onto the shores. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of work, I think, for all of us to do in the island parts, but we really want to, our goal is to get there, get out there on those shores and explore. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cheers to that. Yeah. Love you guys. See you next time. Definitely. Bye. Bye.